0: Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 269 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kickass ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, Back on Blog Talk Radio And today I am just going to quickly hop right to it I'm recording this at 11.30 on a Tuesday It's supposed to go up at noon It is not going to happen, people (laughs) But I'll get to as close to it as I can I want to talk about self-image And the powerfully magnetic quality of the self-image you hold So first and foremost... Let me ask you a question, and please answer it in your own mind if you can. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Are you resilient and strong, a winner, an author, a runner, a hard worker, a champion? Are you responsible, smart, funny, loving, fat, a rule breaker, a leader, a loser, an outcast, a problem solver, a slob. Maybe you identify as a witch or a Christian or a Christian witch and you got a whole set of beliefs around that identity. What holding that identity means in terms of both how you live your life and how life responds to you. If you call yourself a witch, if you identify as a witch, if your self-image involves being a witch, you are going to live a certain way and life is going to respond to you in a certain way, depending on what witch means to you. It means different things to different people. So this is a very, very personal thing we're talking about. Sorry for the extra noise here. My little headphone bungee is banging up against the wooden crate that you're sitting on. You're sitting on a wooden crate. All right, so how did you answer? Do you have an answer? Maybe you had multiple answers. Your self-image includes a lot of different things. Uh, Many of us don't have a full, well-rounded idea of the self-images we have invested in for ourselves because a lot of it exists in layers of shadow, shame, or denial, But one thing is true, and it's a clue. It's a really important clue. You will act in alignment with your self-image and the beliefs that go along with it. You will act in alignment with your self-image and the beliefs that go along with it. Furthermore, you will project that self-image out into the world, and it will respond in kind. So it's kind of like a two-part deal. You're going to project your self-image out into the world, and the world is going to answer you by reinforcing that belief about who you are. Part of the impact of white privilege or the privilege of being straight or a man, for example, is not just the privilege extended to you by the world, by other people, It's the expectation you hold, a certain kind of treatment you expect as a white person or a man or God bless you if you are a straight white man, (laughs) because that expectation is built into your self-image and how you see yourself has a lot to do with how others see and treat you. And expectation too, I could do a whole show on, I should do a show called Great Expectation because expectation is really powerful too. And it's a part of what I'm saying here, Uh, but that could be its own show at some point. Another powerful example is rich people, particularly people who are born into wealth. Sure, they have the advantage of money and connections and opportunities that the rest of us don't have. But what they also possess is the self-image of a rich person. They expect life to treat them a certain way, and so it does. They can even file bankruptcy and then build themselves back up from nothing in no time because their self-image is in in alignment with being wealthy. Um, They see themselves as being rich, and so they are. The current president of the United States is a product of this phenomenon. He has filed for bankruptcy many, many times. And uh, there are lots of examples of wealthy people who have lost everything and then just built it right back up because it's just part of their identity. That's how they see themselves. And then the same holds true in reverse. Um, There are people who are born into and surrounded by poverty whose self-image includes, I am poor. And despite even their best efforts, even with a tremendous work ethic and commitment to succeed, if a shift in their self-image does not change, they will contri- they will continue to contribute to that experience of poverty for themselves. And I have to say contribute instead of create because self-image is perhaps the contributing factor after a certain age but it's not the only one. So a black woman growing up broke in the ghetto is going to have to rock it out on a whole other level that a straight white man who grew up in a wealthy environment will never understand. So first she has to change her self image and then she has to teach the world how to treat her. Whereas somebody who's born into privilege does not have to do that second part, right? Because They're already surrounded by it. (laughs) Life is already seeing them in that way. So that is why we have the new age movement. That is why personal development, positive affirmations, vision boards, shadow work, and the effort so many of us put into getting to know ourselves in a deeper More holistic way. The energy we invest in changing our minds and changing our lives. We do this for a reason. There's a point. (laughs) We are not just a bunch of gullible, hopeful idiots. Many of us actually change our lives this way. And that is why um, things like the law of attraction have endured for, geez, that's been around since. I have a book on that by Maja Dow. She traces the law of attraction all the way back to, I think, mesmerism in the 1700s. It's been around a really long time. I have heard a couple of people who I follow, occultists, who both I've had here on the show. <laughs> I've heard them say recently, one very recently, that the law of attraction is bullshit. Uh, the most recent one went so far as to define the law of attraction as being nothing more than the belief that if you think hard enough about something, you can make it happen. That's what he believes the law of attraction is and why he thinks, from what I can gather, from what he said, what he thinks, those of us who practice it, why we are suckers, <laughs> which is frustrating because again, these are people I like and they have platforms uh, I liked them enough to invite them onto my platform. Um, they are influencers in the community. And I understand why they think that that's what law of attraction is. Because that's what it looks like on the surface. If you just like take a peek at it and you don't really invest in the practice. Um, if you just watch The Secret, which... By the way, most of the teachers in The Secret have been adamant in saying that The Secret, that infamous book and movie, is not the whole picture. That is not exactly how it works. It was just a marketing tool to get people's toes wet. And really, The Secret is my least favorite teaching for that reason, because it's very off-putting. It brings out the skeptic in some people and comes off like a lot of hype. For other people, it was very exciting and, and they would have kind of that beginner's luck because there was an element of belief involved. They're like, ooh, these doctors, these thinkers, these authors are saying this, it must be true. And so they were able to suspend disbelief and prove it to themselves. But then as they went along, they started learning, oh, it's a little bit more complicated than that. But they had enough of a taste to hang with it, and it was exciting to them. Sorry, this cord, guys, I don't have time to move it because I'm racing against the clock, so I'll just hold it, I guess. (laughs) I will hold the cord so it doesn't blow up your ears. Hmm. So I guess for the skeptics, when they see teachers that teach that or they, they see this secret, they think, So my thoughts create reality. That's some bullshit right there. Because if that was true, Beyonce would have been laying in my bed a long time ago. (laughs) So you're right. You're right if that's what you think. Thoughts don't create your reality. Not like that. They create your emotions, though. And they create your beliefs. And those create your actions, your behavior, and all of that combined creates or co-creates, as we like to say, your reality. It is far more complex and interesting, I think, than it first seems. And here's the thing about it being a lot of hot air and hype. The proof is in the pudding, and I'm the pudding, <laughs> me, <laughs> I am a 44-year-old woman caring for a special needs adult, running my own business online with a full roster of coaching clients, taking care of a largish house that is over 100 years old, feeding and poop scooping for four cats, two who are now elderly, and I'm working on a few passion projects on this side. So, do you really think that a woman of my age and experience is that naive? Uh, to be practicing this for decades with like literally no signs of success. I just keep hoping one day it will happen. (laughs) Why would I do that? I don't have the time to waste on bullshit theories that I can't prove to myself in practice. I wouldn't do that. I'm telling you right now. It has to work for me or it's out of here. And then just take me out of it. I shall now Invoke the name, too cool for school, occultist, the world over, gag at the mere mention of Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, that's right, I said it, Queen Oprah, (laughs) I hear your collective eye roll and I do not give a fuck, please tell me how Oprah Winfrey is wrong in crediting at least partially the law of attraction to her success, is she a liar, a damn fool, A straight white man in disguise, trying to pull the wool over our eyes? (laughs) She certainly wasn't raised into any kind of privilege that I can see. She made her own luck, her own magic, and that is why every single person listening to this podcast right now knows her name. She is one of the wealthiest, most powerful women in the world. And that is because of the self-image that she holds and that she has carried with her forward and nurtured and developed over time. And I get that whole reverse snobbism thing, the goth kids in the back of the classroom blowing spitballs at the perky cheerleader in the front row, but I have chosen to be that cheerleader. And guess what? My magic is getting very good grades from the universe, if that's not enough annoying enough for you (laughs) i don't know what else i can do (laughs) so i'm gonna keep keeping on with my magic my way and i will not be shamed out of it by someone who has not taken the time to learn the intricacies of how it works and within the context of this particular episode talking about self-image this is how it works like attracts like That is not to say if you think about something hard enough, you can make it happen. Like attracts like as in who you are, what you believe is attracting to you experiences that reinforce that. That is where shadow work comes into play because plenty of what you believe and who you are exists beyond the reach of your conscious mind. The good news is your self-image can be changed on purpose, not overnight and perhaps not easily, but it can be an enjoyable process filled with hope and many awesome rewards and aha moments along the way. So it's fun like that. The journey is the creation for reals. And that is why spending a devoted period of time working with archetypes. That call out to you can be so life altering. Those archetypes are multifaceted and dynamic, just like your self images. It's not just one thing. You can see yourself as fat and strong at the same time. Like, you know, you can have multiple qualities in your self image, and you do. Archetypes carry that as well. Hope you guys are with me <laughs> I feel like I'm like racing through everything I wanted to say I'm literally breathing heavy <laughs> this is my heavy breather episode <sighs> so archetypes carry a world of potential for you and that is why too it's important to take on archetypes that bring out the best in ourselves ones that we can call in as... An extension of what we see as our highest potential, but also as guides who can carry us through when our old self-image doesn't really feel up to par. So in that way, it's like something you're becoming, but also something you're kind of leaning on and looking to for guidance as you go forward. Again, they're very dynamic and multifaceted that way. In working with an archetypal figure like the hero, the lover, the magician, The priestess, you're working with a bundle of qualities that that archetype represents to you. Again, they represent different things to different people. To me, a queen, the kind of queen I want to be and I'm focused on becoming is resilient, resilient. And strong and wise and capable. She's also kind and compassionate, a champion for other queens. She is all that in a bag of twi- chips, chips, twips. <laughs> That's what happens when I'm in a hurry. <laughs> That's a really outdated thing to say, too. She's all that in a bag of chips, the queen. Doesn't that just sell it for you? She is a package deal. So that is gonna be more powerful than perhaps just saying, I'm going to work on becoming wise or capable. It's a more holistic experience because the queen is wise and capable and strong and resilient and compassionate and kind and a champion for other queens. She's all those things. Not that there is anything wrong with working with one word that way, which so many of us do now on a yearly basis. That's a really popular thing to do in the new age community to pick a word for the year. There is definitely power in that too. I experienced some fantastic insights and personal growth in the years I worked with words like faith or surrender. I wrote about it on my blog. (laughs) You know, I've been doing this practice for a while now, picking a word a year. But the reason I became such a nut about advocating the queen archetype to other women as this amazing experience is because 2016... Was the first time I worked with an archetype as my word of the year. And it was like a turbocharged, accelerated journey with one kick ass aha moment after the next and radical leaps forward in terms of my own self. Image. You may have heard me say 2016, the year of the queen, enough times to want to make it stop. <laughs> but here I am again with a slightly different version saying 2018, the year of the queen. That is an experience I am now facilitating for other women who want to have a year like that. Uh, and I have reopened Queen, a five week audio journey for those of you who want to have that kind of year. And you can find links to both that and a free three-day audio series I created called You Are a Queen in the description box for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio or on my blog. And if you happen to be listening to this in a timely fashion, as in before midnight on December 5th, 2017, you can get $20 off when you use this discount code at checkout, Year of the Queen. All lowercase, no spaces, year of the queen. And for those of you who are not feeling the queen, but love the idea of using an archetype to begin making some life-enhancing shifts to your personal self-image, I highly recommend checking out the king archetype or maybe trying on the idea of yourself as the CEO of your own life. Uh, The hierophant might be really interesting or the mentor, a wizard, obviously, the witch. Hello. (laughs) I'm starting to think of myself as a queen witch. I believe, too, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, that I believe we're still in the period of winter transition, which I see as spanning from Samhain or Halloween to Yule. I see it as the perfect opportunity to get to know thyself in a deeper way through the power of shadow work. Which, by the way, you can totally do anytime. I just think moments on the wheel of the year, certain moments um, or phases in the moon cycle lend themselves to that. But at any rate, if you'd like to know what part of your self image is not serving you, like if you're not really sure, like what part of your self image keeps attracting these negative experiences to you, um, and how, like what. Like if you're identifying with the failure, for example, um, a quick trick is to think of the quality you believe you possess, but that you would be mortified to be called out on. The quality that you hide and the thing that you would be most horrified if somebody called you that. For me, for a long time, that was the loser. I saw myself as a loser when I was younger, and so I lost a lot. Uh, which just validated that. I feel like a loser and I keep losing, so I must be a loser. And it just went around and around and around and around. And I worried that other people saw me as a loser too. And if you really wanted to hurt me, you would call me a loser because that was a really painful experience for me. Um, And maybe they did think I was a loser. I don't know. I can tell you it took a lot of personal development and healing to let that one go. The value in identifying a belief about yourself like that is, I mean, it's painful to be like, I'm a loser. I feel like a loser. Um, But there's value in going there as painful as it is uh, because of something I've been saying a lot lately. What is revealed can finally be healed. And in recognizing that part of my self-image, the part that felt like a loser and that was attracting loser-like experiences, I was able then to begin to heal that sad old belief. Your self-image is really just packed with beliefs about who you are. Sean Croxton, do you guys know Sean Croxton? I interviewed him in a video quite a few years ago now, I think. Um, but he's awesome. Sean Croxton. He sent out a newsletter a few weeks ago quoting a book I actually have. It's this weird little old classic called Psycho Cybernetics. (laughs) Uh, And I wanted to read actually the quotes that he included in his newsletter to you today as a way to end this episode because they're so right on with what I want to say. They are Strong statements that might bring up some resistance in you, and that is totally okay. You do not have to accept any of this as true, but I think it's worth at least considering as a viable idea and maybe even playing around with. So you don't have to believe me that the law of attraction is a thing. You don't have to believe me that your self-image is magnetic and largely creating your experience. But it could be interesting to experiment with it and prove to yourself whether or not that's true. So here, is, here are some quotes from Psycho-Cybernetics. Isn't that a funny title? Psycho-Cybernetics. <clears throat> All your actions, feelings, behaviors, even your abilities are always consistent with the self-image. In short, you act like the person you conceive yourself to be. Not only this, but you literally cannot act otherwise. The man or woman who convinces himself to be a failure-type person... Oh, excuse me. I'm ruining the quote. (laughs) The man or woman who conceives himself to be a failure-type person will find some way to fail in spite of all his good intentions or his willpower. Even if the opportunity is literally dumped in his lap, the person who conceives himself to be a victim of injustice, one who is meant to suffer, will invariably find circumstances to verify his opinion. And then lastly, let's see. The self-image is a premise a base or a foundation upon which your entire personality, your behavior, and even your circumstances are built. Because of this, our experiences seem to verify and thereby strengthen our self-images, and a vicious or beneficent cycle, as the case may be, is set up. So it's like I was saying about being a loser, like, If you hold a self-image of a loser, that will be strengthened and verified and validated by the experiences that that creates, and then it just makes this awful loop for you. That is, again, why I say give yourself a period of time to play around with this to see if it is true for you. Don't take my word for it. Don't take the word of somebody who says it's bullshit. If it interests you, try it, play around with it, and see if... Working on changing your self-image doesn't start changing your reality. So how powerful is that too? Isn't that interesting? In my experience, it's true. For me, it's true. And if it feels true for you, again, I'm repeating myself because I think it's important Spend some time, maybe a whole year, I don't know, maybe a month, investing in a self-image that will serve the life experience you long to have. The kick-ass life of your dreams, as I like to say. And again, if you are a woman who is intrigued by the idea of the queen, um, and you're listening to this before January 1st, 2018, join me, if you wanna, in making 2018 the year of the queen. And let's... Find out just how empowered and alive we can feel in our own lives. So that's it today. That's, that's it. Let me get a little meme going with this and get this uploaded to Blog Talk Radio. And I will have it out a little bit late, but close enough. Much love to you. Peace.